Uh, I have that type of personality that needs new challenges on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. And so if I get bored, that's the worst possible thing for me that can happen. Um, I just, I can't handle boredom. So I looked for a field that would be interesting and also ever-changing. And what I found was that actually working with customers in the field, working with salespeople, working with operations and engineers, and putting that all into a bucket made me constantly learn, pushed me to get better, pushed me into things I just didn't understand or know. And so I just started, I have this theory that you just should always say yes and figure it out later. Um, and it pushed me that direction. Um, when I decided, like, I think that I want to go to med school, um, I told my grandma and she said, maybe like nurse. And I was like, and she said, just, just in case, you know, just go for nurse. And she didn't mean it in any way that would seem offensive. She just didn't want me to be disappointed. And it was kind of like, well, I don't want to be a nurse. You know, I want to be a doctor. But she, she, in it, she didn't want me to be sad about in case I didn't make it. So she gave me a, a lower goal, if that makes sense. Kind of in that moment that I realized I, I can be my best support. And I can say, no, I'm going to med school. I'm going to be a doctor. And it like I can be my own like cure team. I think it was, I would say, it's what got me into the darkness, but it's also what pulled me out of it. So I had to go through that first acceptance that, yeah, the world's not perfect. In fact, it can be pretty horrible. I mean, I'm just focused on my own ecosystem of, understanding that my high school could be so detrimental to all these kids. And that's just America. What about outside of here? But the more I thought about it, you know, the depression lasted for months. It wasn't an easy journey out. It really wasn't. But the more I talked to others about it and the more I talked to myself about it, I realized that like almost everything in life, I can't change everything. I can't help everyone but it doesn't mean I shouldn't try. And the moment that I give up, that's, that's when things don't matter. Now that I have this knowledge and now that I know that even me in high school can see that some people are just going through something that I would never understand or ever be able to relate to, it doesn't mean that I can't do something, do something to be a positive thing in their life. And that could mean the world to them so suicide just didn't seem like a good option after that point. I think there's a lot more opportunity for mentorship of women in STEM where you have that and it doesn't matter, you know, what your parents' background is or what they went through. So, you know, definitely my story, everybody has their own unique story, right? So, um, yeah, it's definitely not a limitation or, or it has to be this way or that way. It's, there's so many different paths and so many different ways to get to where you're wanting to go. You know, it made me realize that I can't afford to ever doubt myself. Because look at what these ladies went through. They had all the reasons in the world to quit, all the reasons in the world to leave, to give up, to feel sorry for themselves, to hate others. And look at what they did instead. So, you know... There's no challenge too high for me. There's no excuses. There's no, 
there really can't be anything because if they can do it, then I can too. Really, I got very lucky with my mentors early in life. I actually come from a, a similar background with, with my family. I mean, my parents, um, they have their own successes, definitely. They're both, um, you know, they're both college educated. They both were born, um, you talk about backgrounds, you know, I'm a woman of color. And uh, in the U.S., they were both born in a time when things were still segregated from a race standpoint. And they were born in the South. And so for them to have gone through what they went through and still have gone to college, my father um, was an officer in the military and retired um, as lieutenant colonel from the Air Force. And my mother actually um, retired from NASA, from the NASA Space Center in, in Houston, Texas. So their standards, and, and not only that, she was one of the first um, blacks, in fact, not one of the first, the, the first um, in Panama City, Florida, she actually integrated the Social Security office. She was the first black hired. And so the challenges that they've gone through being the first black and the first you know, person of color in these environments, and then having me, um, when you talk about the spiritual aspect, I can definitely see why my parents are the perfect parents for my experience. I've been through, they prepared me for being the first of this, the first of that, and not, not to be intimidated by, by the moment. And so they, they set the standard probably, probably very similar to your family that, okay, you're definitely going to have adversity because they faced adversity I can't even compare to. And, you know, but you're going to get through it. (laughs) You know, you're going to get through it. Yes. Um, No, I thought I would not juggle both. I thought that when I had a child, well, first of all, I thought I wouldn't have children because I felt that you couldn't do both well. So I went into it thinking I'm not going to have children. Then, of course, life changes you as you get older and you change your mind. Um, And when I decided that I was going to have a child, I thought I would stay home for the first couple years because that would be best for her. And I started that process and noticed pretty quickly it probably wasn't going to be best for her because having a mom that wasn't happy or wasn't following what she believed was her best use um, wasn't actually going to set a good example. Um, and I, and and it's not that I don't enjoy the things that come with staying home with your child. I really did. But I also, in that short time, started a business, bought some um, businesses, like did a bunch of different things because my mind was still going business-wise and sales-wise, even though I had decided to shift. So I shifted, but I shifted well into my career and my brain couldn't, couldn't make the shift back, I guess. That's a conscious choice that I made. And I don't think it was a scenario where I looked at it and said, oh, I'm in STEM, so therefore I can't have kids. I just never have had that strong desire to, um, to have kids. Now, as I'm older, I have I have a little bit of regret looking back at that, but then I realized, well, wait a second, I know who I was in my 20s, not, wouldn't have, wouldn't have been very good mom of material because what's required to be, I think, a good mother is the selflessness and those sorts of things. And, you know, in my 20s, I was too much about me. I think my need to show my daughters recently, like over the last 15 to 20 years, was my paramount concern. 
right? I don't want to be somebody at home who's different than somebody at work. And I think that at the very beginning of my career, I tried that. I tried to be one person at work and then just my true self at home. And over a couple of years, I just realized that I couldn't keep it up. It took too much energy to not be really who I was. And I, you know, I encourage young women today, I mentor quite a few and I encourage them to be their true selves and to show what it is that makes them special. You know, I have a woman that I work with and she always says, what's your superpower to any women that she meets? And I think that each of our superpower is different and we have to be able to show it in order to reach our maximum success in whatever we view as successful. Okay. Well, for me, my parents are definitely... Oh, I'm the math one, by the way. My parents are definitely like my biggest supporter. Like my dad kind of pushed me to start the girls in STEM club and he always pushes me to take harder classes. He, this year I was going to drop computer science and he's like, no, like you've come so far. Like this is really important for you to know. So he's always, um, so he's the one that encouraged me to continue with computer science. So he's always, my parents are always encouraging me to kind of um, continue taking the hardest classes that I can because they know my potential. And I think just having people like like that, like not even like parents, like teachers who have like recommended me for harder courses, like just having them know that you have potential has been so important for me. Because sometimes when people don't believe in me, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. But like, I'm I definitely also push myself. But I think that having people in your corner also really helps you um, realize your full potential. Yeah, I don't really have an end goal. My end goal is that my children become productive members of society and they're happy. Those two things are very important to me, that we find in our household ways to give back because we've been so blessed and that every year we all get a little bit better at whatever it is we're trying to get better at. I think that for me, those are the most important things Um, and that I value my relationships. I also think that when you're at a point in your life where you really know who you are, it's easier to tell all those people that are important to you how much they mean to you and to not hold off doing that because you're waiting for the right time. So I always feel like if this was my last day on earth, that would be okay because everybody who needs to know I love them knows that I love them. And I've done the very best job up until yesterday that I can doing my life. And so For me, I'm very calm inside as a result of that. It doesn't mean I don't worry. It doesn't mean I don't have bad days like everybody does. It doesn't mean I don't have frustration. But I do know that if today was it, everybody would be okay because they know how much I love them or how much I cared about them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. But sometimes it's it's like one, yeah, I think it's it's important to continue having dialogues. and then it's, it's also um, challenging sometimes, too, because there are days where, you know, uh, you want to be able to just come in and do your work and not have to worry about all of the, the gender issues, but it's they're, they're there. Um, and, and sometimes it's like, well, I wish I could just focus on, on doing my job and doing the tech, you know. But I think as an industry and as a community, everybody's very much um, interested in that conversation and what we're we're kind of going to collectively do to make sure that it is uh, a place that has the sort of the, the diversity and the richness of experiences and backgrounds and, and everything. 
Yes. Um, and then my personal two, it was a very emotional, ended up being a two and a half hour meeting where we all discussed this. And my personal tutor at one point teared up and said, I'm so sorry you've gone through this. And, you know, her apologizing really meant a lot. It was absolutely not her fault. She had nothing to do with it. But I think it was kind of just woman to woman. And then they both told me that they'd experienced similar things, maybe not to that extent. But yes, I just think it's so important to have women you can go to to discuss these things, um, especially ones that can relate to what you've been through. And I just felt so safe. And in that meeting, I just I knew I'd done the right thing. And they, they were just so thankful and also so apologetic for what I was going through. And um, yeah, I now have a fantastic relationship with the university. I mean, I've left now, but I'm in touch. I get invited back to talk at events. Um, yeah, so I'm just I'm very glad that, you know, they kind of took my side over a member of staff. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, and, and definitely on, I think, the potential side of things, I was very much a quiet student and didn't like getting a lot of attention. Uh, in fact, I sometimes would not want to do as well as, as I did in classes just because uh, it would get me a lot of attention and I was really self-conscious about that. So it took me a little bit of time to be able to to get past that, get past the, the point of feeling like it's okay to be able to be recognized for excelling or achieving and so on. Yes, exactly. But men, if they blow out their knee or they got to go in and get their yearly whatever, they're, they just talk about it. So I think that the more we talk about it and the more we socialize our female experiences, the easier it will be to discuss those things and to not feel intimidated by being a woman because that's all woman-related intimidation. And I actually think we do it to ourselves. You know, men are they're hardier than we give them credit for. And we just feel that we, okay, we can't share this because there'll be judgment. But if we all shared it, then they would have to get over it. Definitely. I definitely think so. Yeah. Um, so, hi, I'm the one that's interested in biology. And um, I noticed when I, when I was in middle school um, in biology, I was not afraid to a- ask questions or answer questions. If I knew the answer, like my hand would be up in the air. But as I became more aware of kind of like the stereotypes and I joined high school and I heard like people make comments like, well, I'm going to start a boys in STEM club or stuff like that. I became more self-conscious and. I actually don't have bad experience. I think I'm one of those that are very fortunate. However, I remember when um, I was a student, um, that was the time perhaps I was about to go to grad school and I was trying to apply for school and I was thinking of either mechanical engineering or materials engineering. And I talked to uh, a professor and that guy was very nice and I uh, worked with him for summer project and whatnot. And at the time he said something really odd. He was saying that I I, I was good as a student and I should take advantage of my gender. And I felt really, really offended. Um, Since then, the way I look at it is um, whether I'm trying to hire my student or postdoc or I try to work with other people, I do hope that they don't see me, whether I'm a 
female or male, they should just look at me as on my achievement. So it did actually. Um, I think I became happier because I was doing and acting and being who I aspired to be rather than who I thought I should be. And I, it was a huge learning for me that that would make such a difference in my day-to-day life. We just don't need to post everything on Facebook. Then I think people will be more willing to experience failure. The STEM has it all. You know, STEM has amazing narratives and beautiful art and fascinating intellectual problems to solve. I mean, there's really anything you want you can find in a, a career in STEM and uh, infinite possibilities, right? And uh, and flexibility. If you have these concrete skill sets, you can then have much more agency and autonomy in shaping your life the way you want to. I'm 100% okay with like most creation stories. I think they're great because Although, you know, evolution and the Big Bang, that that is a little bit more scientifically accurate, but it's still a creation story. And so um, I, for one summer, um, I read a lot about Native American creation myths and they were just brilliant. I was like, these are so creative, so wonderful to use what you see around you to build this story of creation, you know, and I think humans are still doing that only with scientific evidence now, but it's still, it's still fun to think about like, well, what if, what if our energy is just, you know, recycled? We don't know it. How many times can you recycle energy? Hmm. I feel like it's <laughs> like his reputation of more than anything. And it's, um, it's more that, uh, you don't want to disappoint someone who's have such like who has such a big reputation for being really smart, and it's kind of like you feel dumb if you get the question wrong, and it's things that people kind of turn away from. And I I worry about somebody calling me out someday and being like, well, you don't have a doctorate. Who are you to tell me anything? I mean, people did that with Bill Nye. Bill Nye, one of the greatest science communicators of my generation. They're like, oh. He just has a master's degree. He's not even a doctorate in, in astrophysics or um, I can't even remember what his master's degree is off the top of my head on right now. But, you know, like people were giving Bill Nye flack for not having a PhD. And I'm like, it's Bill Nye, you guys. And so like that was a huge like problem for me to deal with. I'm like, man, Bill Nye is more heavily educated than me. And he had his own show on broadcast TV. And now he's the the president of the Planetary Society. And there's still people giving him flack that he doesn't have a PhD, you know, like, it, it, it blows my mind. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I just have a bachelor's degree. Oh, no, you know, and so I constantly struggle with that with the idea of going back to school and getting a graduate degree, because what am I doing it for? I have this great career already. I have a potential branching career that's, that could do some really great things someday, you know, and I'm doing it all without a graduate degree, but so who am I getting it for? Am I getting it for the, the, the invisible haters out there that, think that I need to have more of a degree to tell them about ancient life or am I doing it for myself to, to be more educated and 
to have another couple of letters after my name or something, you know? So I do struggle with that quite often. Um, and basically for me right now is I don't have time to be a student again. Everything would suffer. Like the classes would suffer. The projects would suffer. My career would suffer. My side career would suffer just because there's only so much of my time that I can devote to something. So right now I think the, the, the advanced degrees are going to have to kind of wait until things cool off and maybe they never will. I don't know. I don't know. But I do, I, I struggle sometimes with, with academia levels, if you will. Yeah. Then things got ugly between them. And, um, I was the one who said, I don't want to go to court. You know, I'm 12. I don't want to have to speak up about custody. So I said, I'd like to arrange my own custody agreement. I will aim to spend my time 50-50 with you, but it's up to me where I spend the night. Yeah, I just knew that they'd always trusted me to be independent. So I thought, well, at this time they should too. Why change their attitude towards parenting now? And now I have a great relationship with both of them. Yes. And because it was something that was so new to me, I, th- I feel like it took an extra act of courage on my own behalf to believe in myself enough. That's it from this series of six compilation episodes from shows 27 to 39. Please do subscribe, rate and review the show and catch you tomorrow for more from the best of silence.